Resurrection Assembly of God Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So church, it is the Easter season. And rightly so. It is a season for celebration. And for us here in the Midwest, it seems like all of creation is crying out with us. The grass, the trees, the bushes, which have all seemed dead over the cold winter months, are finally beginning to burst again with new life. Amen? Praise the Lord. The birds sing songs of joy as they build their nests to prepare for new offspring. I have a couple cardinals hanging out in my backyard doing just that. Not the baseball team. The, <laughs> the flowers spring up from the ground to remind us of that garden where Mary saw the risen Lord. To remind us that Eden is no longer barred, but we are walking our way back to the glorious kingdom garden where toil and death will be swallowed up in the victory of Christ and we will inherit rest and life forevermore. Amen. So, it is my pastoral recommendation that you go outside this week and stick your nose in a tulip and take a deep breath. If you don't know where any are, there's a whole row of them on the side of the church. Uh, what? And inhale snow. Uh, there's no snow yet. <laughs> oh, no. Well, take a cold breath while you inhale the deep breath of the tulip into your nose. Yes. <laughs> and marvel and sing praises to God. When the snow melts, kick off your shoes and dance in the soft green grass and thank God for the victory of the cross. And today, as we marvel and as we celebrate, as we dance and sing and clap and shout, let us also take a minute to till up the soil of our heart as we sow some kingdom seeds and focus on his word today. So let's read John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. 
Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So for context, this story comes directly after Jesus reveals himself to Mary in the garden. She runs back to tell the disciples that Christ is risen. And though they hear the report, we find them locked up, hiding in fear. It's really easy for us to disparage the disciples at this point. But read the narrative where they are at. They have followed Jesus all these years, and they watched as the very people he came to heal shouted for his horrific death. They watched as he was turned over by his own people to the violent hands of the Roman Empire. I would be scared too. They lock the doors up tight, and yet, even in fear, even in doubt, even in despair and hopelessness, Jesus comes to his people. Jesus appears before them despite all of their locked doors. And his first words, they are not, O ye of little faith, though it may be true, and though we often need to hear that, no, in their fear, his first words are, peace be with you. Because despite the fear it induced, it was the cross that Christ 
it was at the cross that Christ won the victory of peace. And it was in the empty tomb that the grave lost its sting. Hear me, because this moment is special. And it should shape how we interact with God in our fear. Oftentimes, when we face trials and we find ourselves scared or confused, afflicted or persecuted, struck down, there is a temptation to believe that God has abandoned us, that our fear has eclipsed our faith, and now we are cut off from the love of Christ. But church, that is not the case. The loving and gracious God comes to us even when we are lacking in faith. Church, when we have been scared and hurt and lock up the door to our hearts so tight that we think nobody's getting in, when we are locked up behind our fear and our heartache and our disillusionment, Jesus makes himself at home. He pushes right past all those locks like they weren't even there. And he doesn't rub our noses in our mess and shout shame, shame. He comes right in and says, peace be with you. And he is gracious to increase our faith, even when it seemed smaller than a mustard seed. Church, I'm not advocating that we don't have faith. Don't hear that. But be comforted, even in your doubt. Because church, those frightened and confused disciples they were sitting there in their heartache and holding the tatters of their deflated faith. But as they turned to see the risen Lord, the blood begins to pump through their veins with new strength. Their hearts are warmed. Their confusion begins to dissipate. As Jesus offers up his hands and his side that they might know that he is risen indeed. And where once they were caught in despair, in just a blink of an eye, their mourning turned to dancing and their sorrow turned to joy. Because it can be that fast when Jesus comes to you. It can be like it's been for our brother Lawrence here. Years of heartache that felt like they'd never end. But in an instant, Christ came to him. Christ comes to us when we don't expect him and can change everything. We should anticipate that. So don't be discouraged if you aren't seeing that quick resolution, though, on this side of glory, because the promise is still for all of us. 
because Christ is risen and Christ will come again. And when he does, it will be like a thief in the night, in the twinkling of an eye, and all of creation will be transfigured by the glory of Christ our Lord. So even in our suffering, it is that assurance that can fill our hearts with joy rather than despair, with hope instead of doubt, with love instead of fear. If you feel faithless, if you feel abandoned or hopeless or afraid or despairing, hear the word of the risen Lord. Peace be with you. If you are caught in that tense waiting place, feeling confused and alone, hold fast to the promise that Christ your peace is coming to you. Maybe already right in front of you, holding out his nail-scarred hand. So wait for him to reveal himself in just the right way, in just the right moment, because he will. And if you don't believe these words now, or if you love somebody who just refuses to believe right now, someone who has thrown up all the locks and stuck a chair underneath the door handle just to be sure, remember Thomas, who came a little later, who refused to believe without some physical proof, and see the graciousness of Christ, who once again, for just the one, offers up his hands, offers up his side, and speaks peace. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he goes after that one wandering sheep. So take heart. Take heart if you feel like a lost sheep. Take heart if your heart aches for some lost and wandering little sheep. Hold fast to the hope of Christ. Keep testifying to the risen Lord and know that he is faithful even when we are faithless. And for those of you who have believed without seeing, know that Christ calls you blessed. I want to draw out one more thing, though. One more promise. One more hope. One more aim for us as we celebrate this Easter season. Christ comes to us even in our fear, even in our doubt. He comes to us and he gives us peace, the peace won in the victory of his cross. And then what does he do? He breathes on his disciples. That's kind of weird. Imagine Jesus standing there, just breathing on his disciples. But church, this is indicative of another story. The very first story of man and God. When the hands of God reached down and fashioned humanity from earth, 
And what did God do? He breathed life into us. Church, here again, we stand before the God who made heaven and earth and everything therein, including our bodies, and the risen Lord Jesus Christ breathes new life into us once again. And that breath is a promise itself. The breath is the foretaste of the winds that blow through Ezekiel's valley of dry bones, promising that even the driest bones can hear the word of the Lord and rise to new and unending life. And what does he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. Church, every week... We confess this in the creeds. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. See, this breath from the lungs of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, who just conquered the grave, doesn't just remind us of Ezekiel's prophecy. It is a foretaste of another mighty wind that is about to blow. It is the promise of Pentecost, when the breath of God breathes new life into the people of God. When the tongues of fire fall like, like fire on the altar in the temple to declare God's presence with his people. But this time, not confined to tabernacle or edifice, but to the very people of God gathered together, worshiping in spirit and truth. Pentecost is coming, church. The Holy Spirit is breathed out upon us, speaking to our bones, drawing us together, making new what seemed lost forever. And in the kingdom of God, church, nothing is lost forever, but all things are found anew in Christ. So celebrate Easter, church. Breathe in a fresh breath of new life daffodils and tulips and apple blossoms in the spring air. And know that it's pointing to the new and unending life of the kingdom. Celebrate Easter as you anticipate Pentecost. Last, we must recognize that this gift of the presence of Christ this gift of the Holy Spirit breathed out onto our dry bones, calling us into new life, comes with purpose. It's not just so I feel good. Just as the Father sent Christ, so he sends us. That's what Jesus says. Filled with the Spirit of the living God, loosed from the chains of sin and death to start prophesying to the dead, to proclaim the word of the Lord, to announce peace to a world at war, and to see the lost and the fearful and the locked up and the despairing filled with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So, church, celebrate Easter by testifying to the risen Lord. 
Celebrate Easter by anticipating Pentecost, where the law moves from the scroll to our heart and our mind. And the body of Christ with each member becomes the new temple where people can draw near to the presence of God and find healing and restoration and freedom and life. Church, shout for joy. Christ is risen and receive the Holy Spirit. Church, genuinely, I believe, and I hope you will believe with me, that God wants to breathe new life into the dry bones of this neighborhood. He wants to find some lost sheep that have been wandering. He wants to free some captives. He wants to raise the dead. And he has called us to be his hands. We are his side offered up to a doubting community. We have a purpose. We have a task, a mission from the Father to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot do this of our own power of our own wisdom, or of our own might. But thanks be to God that the Spirit is breathed out on us, empowering us to do these good works. Pentecost, the day we celebrate, is May 28th. And from here until then, I'm asking you, to pray, pray that the wind of the Spirit will blow. Be like the disciples who go off and pray and wait and see what God is going to do. And I ask you to breathe in deep the smell of those apple blossoms and pray that new life will fill your lungs not just for you, but that you might use that breath to testify to the goodness of God. I ask that you literally sing songs to God from morning to night. Hum a little tune as you brush your teeth. Sing a little hymn as you put your socks on. Dance a little dance as you walk to your car. Dance and sing and clap. Rejoice like you're walking in a great parade. You may look crazy, but you're not. Because the kingdom of God is near, church. Jesse, can you call the kids up? So put it right in front of your eyes. Commit yourself to the life-giving, peacemaking work of Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that his resurrection power is even bigger than you imagined, because it is. We can't imagine it. Believe that he is the only begotten son of God, that you might have life, and invite others to believe the same. 
celebrate Easter Church. Truly, truly celebrate. And pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen. I invite you all to stand and I'm going to invite Holly up. Thank you.